With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another edition of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, Terry Lambert. Uh, joined, as always, by Evan. Evan, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Another Vols victory, so I'm 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 not doing bad. Another, uh, well, a, a, an easy Vols victory. It's it's yeah, been a minute uh, since we had a, a stress free win. You know, it's kind of unexpected coming against a, a pretty good team in Mississippi State. That, that's going to be an NCAA tournament team in the mix for that that fourth seed in the SEC tournament. So uh, a really good win tonight. Uh, of course, we are coming from you. We we write for Rocky. Uh, RockyTopTalk.com, part of the SB Nation uh, umbrella, so you can find the latest news over there on the website. Uh, All right, Tennessee, 71-54 winners tonight over Mississippi State. Admiral Schofield leads the team uh, with 18 points. You know, it's it. The night started with with Schofield hitting a contested jumper. Of course, it fell. You know, Schofield's in, in tears before the game. Uh, you just kind of figured that it was going to be his night. Yeah, man, led the team with 18 points. Uh, he scored five of the team's first seven points. He, I mean, it was really him that helped get kind of get the offense started. Uh, you know, Tyson Carter hit those back-to-back threes that helped keep Mississippi State in the lead for a little bit. That was the only time they left the entire game. But, I mean, the entire team hustled all night long. Um, you, you could really feel the energy from the pregame ceremonies and from the crowd and all that stuff. Everybody knew it was kind of at stake tonight, um, not necessarily in terms of a victory, but just in terms of it being the seniors, Kyle Alexander, uh, Admiral Schofield, um, uh, I can't remember, uh, Lucas Campbell, and um, the uh, the other cat that made Brad the shot. Yeah, yeah, the cat that made a three-point shot. Um, you know, just a lot of good effort and, uh, you know, a big win on on a night where, you know, it was everybody was paying attention. Once again, uh, outstanding defensive performance from Tennessee. And, you know, it's really good to see. It's something that me and you have talked about uh, in, the, in the few episodes that we've done this podcast. Uh, you know, you go back to the, the LSU game, uh, letting Smart in the lane. They, they couldn't stop him late in the game. Uh, it seems like a different group. It seems like they've grown from that. They've learned from that. They've watched the tape. Uh, so, so that's really good to see as we head into tournament time, holding holding Mississippi State to, to 54 points. And look, Quindary Weatherspoon, I was worried uh, going into yeah, this game. Uh, yeah, I texted you about it. I mean, it was just – it seems like Tennessee has struggled with that alpha guard, uh, the guy that can really get in the lane, uh, the guy that can shoot. It just seems like they haven't been able to stay in front of guys like this. But, man, they bottled him up tonight. Three of 12 from the floor, just seven points. Uh, only hit one three-pointer. Uh, I thought it was a team effort, just outstanding, and it's really encouraging to see at an important part of the season. 
Yeah, man, and I mean, two numbers stand out to me tonight. That's 17 turnovers at the Vols Force. Now, granted, they had 15 of their own, but that's offense we're talking about. That's later. Um, but then eight blocks. They had five blocks in the first half alone. And hello, Kyle Alexander, 10 rebounds, six points. It's felt so good to see him get out there and make some plays. Now, regardless whether that was, you know, a just senior night, um, adrenaline or what, he needs to keep playing like this because this is how this team played earlier in the season and and he was an integral part of that another thing i wrote down i happened to catch uh mississippi state i believe finished with 14 points in the paint in the first half with 10:42 left in the game so about nine uh nine minutes 20 seconds into the second half they had just two points in the paint so tennessee adjusted they figured out how to shut them down uh mississippi state also started the second half that uh two of ten from the field i mean just absolutely shut them down in the second half and plus i mean mississippi state shots just weren't falling at all too yeah, one of those nights, and we know how that feels. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee has been in, in those spots over the last <laughs> couple of weeks where the shots just weren't dropping. It was it was one of those nights for Mississippi State. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, Kyle Alexander, 10 rebounds. You know, Rick Barnes has been on him and Grant really all year about rebounding. Uh, Grant rose to the – excuse me, Alexander rose to the occasion tonight. Uh, you know, it was a quiet night for Grant. I, I don't think he was the focal point of the offense – uh, yeah, yeah, and then you look up and he's got fourteen to ten. So you know right. that's just that's just kind of how he operates. Uh, I, I believe he had he he had two fouls in the first half and they sat him a lot. Uh, he had just six points uh, midway through the second half, but uh, turned it on at the end. You know, Jordan Bowen uh, did didn't really do too much tonight. Um, I, I thought he was the aggressor though. You know, uh, six assists, only five points though. Uh, a far cry from what we saw against Kentucky. But, again, that just kind of speaks to the depth of this team. Uh, they don't have to have one guy, you, you know, really doing it on a, on a nightly basis. Uh, tonight it ended up being Schofield. It ended up being Grant Williams a little at the end. Uh, you saw Jordan Bowden start start to try and shoot his way out of this little funk he's in. Yep. Uh, didn't didn't really, you know, the shots weren't, weren't falling. Uh, ended 4 of 12, just 1 of 5 from 3. But, I was happy to see him at least shooting because uh, Tennessee, again, I've said it so many times, they really need this guy. I, I think he's the X factor heading into uh, tournament season. Well, certainly, yeah. and I mean, he's that depth that they'll have. He's a big matchup problem, especially if you've got Grant and uh, Admiral on the floor at the same time, which most of the time they do anyway. Um, he just brings a real good presence at that two spot. Um yeah, and I mean, yeah, he went four twelve, but he played twenty five minutes. Um, still had a good, still had a very good positive contribution to the night. And as long as he just keeps shooting, he's eventually going to get it. And honestly, I'd rather him go through the slump now than him start slumping here in about a week. Yeah, so the, you know, senior night, it was it was Admiral Schofield's night. Um, oh, you, you saw it that was, it was the perfect senior night I think I've ever seen in my. It, it really was. <laughs> it was. It was storybook. You know, you, know, you come out and, and Admiral's got tears running down his face. You can tell how much it means to him. Uh, he comes out. He knocks down that that first shot. Just it's, it's it's hard to believe. It's hard to put into words what 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 Admiral uh, has brought to this program. You know, Rick Barnes said if they made a depth chart one through sixteen of of hard workers, Admiral will be at the top every time. Uh, just just a tone setter uh, for, for this culture, uh, and it's led to some some really good things for Rick Barnes, 
for this program down the recruiting trail, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But Schofield, man, he's going to be impossible to replace. He's such a personality. Uh, it was cool to see him uh, get emotional tonight, and it was cool to see what it meant to him. Yeah, man. I mean, he was an absolute monster. You know, he made his first four shots. Like I said, he made first five of the seven points of the game. I mean, he was just – you could just tell he was in the zone. And hopefully that carries over into the SEC tournament I don't, and into the NCAA tournament. I don't see why it wouldn't. But then just not only uh, Schofield and Alexander had a great night too, but, man, that was so cool at the end watching uh, Woodson and uh, Campbell out there. Yeah. Every, every shot they took, like even I was just sitting there hoping that they would at least make one of them when then Woodson drained that three, man. I mean, it felt like a game-winning shot almost when he made it, just the reaction and everything. Yeah, I was screaming at my TV, like, like one of these has to fall. Right. One oh, of them has to go. <laughs> man, you could tell they were so nervous, too. Like, they were they were overshooting, and that, yeah. that reverse layup, like, you could just tell they were nervous. But, hey, you know, more power to them, at least. Like, and then I think Lucas Campbell recovered the rebound at the end, didn't he? I, I'm not sure, but it was just hilarious to watch. You know, Grant pass up open shots and, and throw it back right. to the three point line. And Lamont Turner being like, "Hey, get over there, get over there." Yeah, yeah, they were they were gonna get one of those guys a bucket. Finally, it fell for Woodson, so that's good to see. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, want to throw it back to Saturday. Obviously, it was one of the biggest nights of the oh, season. Um, you know, Tennessee got crushed at Rupp. They turn around. Uh, they do the same thing to Kentucky. Uh, I, I know they didn't have Reed Travis, but it was. I, it I just, doesn't matter. I just think it was a turning point for this team, and, and particularly yeah. their defense. Certainly, man. I mean, it was the exact response that a we kind of expected. Now, I mean, granted, their play after the Kentucky game put us all a little on edge, but right after they lost in Rupp, well, didn't lose after they got killed in Rupp. You know, I just kind of had this feeling, okay, you know, we've seen this team perform at a high level all season long. They've won every game they were supposed to. I I, I can't remember, but I think they were underdogs against LSU, or they might have been a slight favorite. Either way, they, if, if they did, if they were favorites in that game, that's the only game they've lost out of all three where they were the underdog or where they were the favorite to win. So you just kind of had this feeling they were going to respond in a positive way in Thompson Bowling Arena. And, yeah, man, they sure did. Um, they hit on all cylinders that game, locked down defensively, made Kentucky look scared. You know, the comments that from Tyler Hero after the first game about being scared of P.J. Washington, well, <laughs> they looked scared against the Vols on Saturday, and that showed in the 19-point deficit. Yeah, Hero ends up 0-5 from three-point range, uh, shoots 2 of 11 from the field, adds just six points in 35 minutes. Um, Sweet and, justice. Yeah, not great. Um, <laughs> P.J. Washington <laughs> and Grant Williams seem to kind of trade roles from the first game there. P.J. went just 2 of 6. Uh, didn't really get established in the offense. You know, hit 9 of 13 free throws. That's, that's where he made his living, uh, added 13 points. But... Grant Williams, you know, after all the talk, after all the he, – he's scared of P.J. and all this, and he's had three lackluster games. You know, he, he comes out and he goes 7 of 13, adds 24 points, 8 of 11 from the free throw stripe. He really responded. Uh, and, and I think that's big. That, that was kind of the one thing that he hadn't done in his Tennessee career uh, was really, you know, show out against Kentucky, uh, against, honestly, what, what was a bad matchup for him. 
Yeah, man. And honestly, it was jo- it might have been Jordan Bones coming out game. You know, I mean, we've watched him all season long and we've all talked about how good he's been and how much he means to this team. But I don't really think a national audience knew about it until Saturday. And I mean, 27 points, five of five from three point land. Um, and going back to Tennessee's defense real quick, I just want to mention this. They held Kentucky without a basket for a combined 16 and a half minutes during the game. That's almost an entire period that they held them without a ball. But anyways, but I mean, yeah, Grant Williams, Jordan bone, they all turned it on. Uh, and man, it, like I said, an absolute cathartic release that, that just felt so good. To, to have that monkey on our back and to just get that monkey off the back at the same time. Yeah, Jordan Bowe, 27 points, uh, 11 of 15 from the field, 5 of 5 from three-point range, which, you know, that's not his game, but it seems like that that's what he does when he gets locked in. He, he hits three, four, five in a row. Uh, you know, and when he's hitting those three-point sh- three shots, you're not beating Tennessee. It, it's, it's just not going to happen. Uh, when you've got that added dimension there. So, you know, on an off night from, from Admiral, uh, Jordan Bones certainly picked up the slack. Grant Williams certainly pick, picked up the slack. Uh, you know, again, I think the story is Tennessee's defense. Uh, it's something we've harped on all, all year long. Uh, you know, they've been in the, in the high 40s, uh, according to Kim Palm. Uh, in terms of efficiency, that number's starting to come down. I think I saw them in the in the low 30s uh, nice. when I checked nice. this weekend. So that that number should should go down even more after the win against Mississippi State. So uh, really, really good to see. Um, you know, Tennessee's got one more tough test at Auburn, uh, an 11 o'clock t- tip on uh, Saturday. Uh, Auburn's an interesting team. They they can hang with anybody. Uh, quite honestly, they can lose to anybody. It right. doesn't seem to be uh, the, the same team from last year uh, that shared the, the title with Tennessee. Yeah, arguably the most uh, disappointing team in the SEC. Um, I think you could put Vanderbilt right up there just based off of Shoot, what Vanderbilt yeah. did in the preseason, and we know well about that being at, in Nashville. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, but at the same time, like you said, they can turn it on, they can play with anybody. Um it just all depends on if we can control that perimeter, you know, and unfortunately we've had trouble doing that all season long. Tonight we got away with it. We were able to contain Mississippi State, but they were hitting shots early from three, so I just think their offensive game on the inside just absolutely hamstrung them for the entire night. Um, but that's Auburn's deal. Bruce Pearl's a good coach. We know that well in front, so Tennessee better be ready for Saturday. Yeah, and, you know, focus now turns to, to LSU – playing at florida in gainesville um that's a that's an interesting matchup there and lsu has to have it to keep pace with tennessee uh you know for the first time maybe in, in my life I, i'm gonna be a, a florida gators fan no, that, oh. you know go gators you know um just just what that I'll would be mean right i'll be right there with you man. yeah yeah just what that would mean for tennessee uh, to get that one seed in the SEC tournament to to avoid uh, Kentucky and LSU until Sunday, I think right. that's a really big deal because you don't know who's going to get that four quite yet. Uh, but the drop off, I mean, it's, it's a it's a cliff uh, from from Kentucky or LSU. So I think it's a really big deal. It's something you're going to want to pay attention to tomorrow night. Certainly, man. Yeah, just avoid them till the final round because I mean it's a toss up between all three teams anyway. If you look at the, if you want to use the transitive property, you know, formula and all that stuff, 
Kentucky beat Tennessee, Tennessee beat Kentucky, but LSU beat both of them. So, I mean, at this point, at this point in time, you're just, you know, shoot, you're just throwing uh, something to the wall to see if it sticks when trying to pick a winner between the three teams. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be back with a look at what the bracketology looks like as of right now. All right, so Tennessee is back in the one seed conversation um, after the the win against Kentucky. Uh, obviously, the win against Mississippi State. They're pro- they're they're fifth in the AP poll. That that's likely where they are in the seeding right now. Um, just looking at ESPN, it's Virginia, Gonzaga, um, Kentucky, Duke. Uh, you've got Tennessee, you know, rematch with Wright State. Yeah, yeah, as a two seed with with Wright State right now. Uh, you've got North Carolina in that mix too. They're in the mix for a one seed. I believe Duke and North Carolina play this weekend. Um, it's an interesting conversation because the ACC is gonna kind of eat themselves alive here. Uh, Duke and, and, and Virginia and North Carolina are obviously they all can't win the ACC title. So uh, if Tennessee wins out, uh, win, beats Auburn, and at least makes a run until Sunday of the SEC tournament, I think they have a really, really good shot at a one seed. Yeah, certainly. And if you look at CBS's bracket, they've got them as a one seed already, and they've got them playing uh, Houston or Sam Houston, rather, not Houston. <laughs> Houston's a little bit better than yeah. a sixteen seed, <laughs> in case you haven't checked. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to think that. I mean, and I don't know if this is just talking heads being talking heads, but I mean, you still listen to the guys broadcasting the Tennessee games on TV, and they still say most of them that they believe Tennessee is a Final Four team or a, a team deserving of the number one seed. So, I mean, as long as we've got them on our side, I guess that's all we need, right? Yeah, it's interesting looking at CBS's bracket. They've actually got LSU as a two seed, um, along yeah, with do, Kentucky, yeah. and, and they've got Tennessee that. as a one. So, obviously, you know, Tennessee's never been a one seed in, in school history. That would be a, a, a big moment. Uh, for for Tennessee, you know, let's just let's just assume they they don't get that two seed, yeah, or that one seed. Excuse me. Uh, you know, looking at ESPN's bracket right here, they've got uh, Tennessee in Duke's region. So you're, you're looking at uh, Wright State as the first round matchup. You're looking at Wofford or, or Ohio State uh, as the second round matchup. But you've got Purdue, you know, Marquette, Kansas State, Nevada, um, Iowa, and Florida. That's a pretty weak bracket, you know. I know. Uh, I, love, I love that bracket. Yeah, yeah. Even even Duke, you know, if, if Zion doesn't come back, uh, Duke's a different team. You know, we we saw them almost go down to Wake Forest tonight. Uh, they they just don't seem to have that same firepower. Uh, I I would I would honestly take that bracket and run right now. Yes, sir. I mean, honestly, the team that scares me the most, and maybe this is just because I'm more familiar with them because they're out of the SEC, but Alabama. I mean, oh, yeah. even Florida. I mean, Florida played us t- tough both times we played in there towards the end. But Alabama had us on the ropes, you know, there for a minute. And, I mean, they kicked our, our butts last week – or not last week, last year down in Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Nevada's a talented team, and Alabama can definitely fall on their face. But, yeah, I mean, dude, if Tennessee ends up in that bracket, I am putting all my money on Tennessee in that one. Yeah, and you hop over to CBS. They've got Tennessee as the one seed, uh, North Carolina as the two seed. You know, the, that's a team that always scares me uh, come yeah. March, which is with Roy Williams and his experience. Uh, 
you've got Villanova at the sixth seed oh, yeah. there. That's good. I don't uh, like that. Yeah, I, I I don't think anyone's gonna like that. You know, if, if you see Villanova as a, as a six, I, I know they're they've lost some some leadership and some firepower from that team, but uh, Jay Wright yeah, squad. Still Jay Wright. Yeah. yeah, still still <laughs> dangerous. You know, Virginia Tech is a dangerous team in that bracket too. So hey, it's it's interesting uh, just to talk through all the through all the scenarios right now, but. Uh, I, I think Tennessee has has really put them in in a put themselves in, in a really good position uh, to capture this number one seed uh, again. Just going back to this defense, that defense is going to set them apart. And if they don't have to face Kentucky or LSU until Sunday of the SEC tournament, that uh, they're they're going to get a number one seed in my opinion. Yeah, man. And I hate to do this, but if Lamonte Turner doesn't miss those two free throws in that LSU game, then oh. we might not. We might just be a shoe in. But <laughs> hey, hey, it's 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 done. It's done. So I'm I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The SEC, at least a, a portion of the SEC title would already be wrapped by them. But, but hey, but, hey, I didn't blame, I didn't blame it on Anthony Jordan though. So progress, progress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so um, you know. To end today's show, I think we need to, to address Corey Walker uh, committing to Tennessee, uh, five-star small forward out of Florida's backyard, out of the Jacksonville area. Um, you know, Tennessee made a lot of progress here uh, quickly. I, I think they offered him in January, and, and suddenly things sped up, and now suddenly he's committed. Uh, it's Rick Barnes' second uh, five-star commit. In a row, you know, dating back to Josiah James, who I believe committed back in September. So, uh, you know, you're seeing Tennessee finally start to put this success, you know, and, and kind of translate it onto the recruiting trail. Everyone wants to talk about what it's going to be like next year without Admiral Schofield and Kyle Alexander and potentially Grant Williams and potentially Jordan Bone. I, I just think with what Rick Barnes is doing on court, I think he's going to be just fine off the court recruiting and getting guys uh, to fill out this roster. Yeah, man, and I'm looking at some stuff on him now. He picked uh, the Vols over offers from Arizona. Now that could have to happen to do with the investigation, you know, that are currently under. But uh, Florida, Florida State, and Xavier. So that's no joke. It's not like we stole him from you know Old Dominion or something like that. Um, this kid can play. He's six foot six, 185 pounds. Um, sounds like a perfect – he almost remind, reminds me that, that just that size, I just have Josh Richardson just going through my head. Um, but, you know, he, he has obviously has some length. He has some athleticism. And like you're saying, the wins are starting to pay off. And, you know, with what Rick Barnes is doing, hopefully he can get this kid to stay a couple of years and not just be a one – I don't think he's going to be a one and done, but hopefully he can get him to buy in for the long term just like he has, you know, with, with his more talented players like Kyle, Kyle Alexander and Heath Fawns. Yeah, that's a, that's the conversation that we're gonna have to start having, right? Uh, will yeah. you know just Josiah James is he gonna be a, a two year player, three year player, or a one year player? You know, yeah. uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's how you win. You got to get elite talent. Uh, you know, Tennessee's kind of the exception to the rule this year with a bunch of three stars and, and without a top 100 recruit. Uh, but that's changing, and it's changing in a hurry. Uh, if you yeah. if you look at the list of talent that Tennessee had in. Uh, to visit during the Kentucky game. I mean, Jaden Springer, uh, five-star guard. Jaden Stone, four-star guard. Corey Walker, four-star forward. Uh, Jalen Cohn, four-star guard. Uh, you just the list goes on and on and on. I just feel this sense of of, of peace uh, about 
Rick Barnes' uh, ability to bring in guys. I don't think it's going to have to be a slow build anymore. I think it's going to be more of a traditional uh, college basketball style where you, you get all these freshmen, you kind of struggle in November, struggle through December, you start to figure it out in January, and you hope to peak by February. Uh, you know, kind of like the, the Kentucky um, you, you know, point, point of view there. But uh, I, I don't think Tennessee is going to go full one and done or anything like that. But I, I think you're going to see some, some elite talent finally start to get infused into this program. Yeah, man, he's got his foundation built. And whenever you build a foundation, you can do whatever you want on top of that, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. That's absolutely right. So Tennessee basketball, you know what? They're in good hands. Uh, Rick's got it rolling. Everybody thought that that it was just going to be a retirement job for for Barnes, and man, uh, that couldn't I'm so be. Glad they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, couldn't be further from the truth. He's he's got a chance to to best uh, whatever he did at Texas, and. and you know, I just kind of find it real funny that, that Texas is struggling right now with, with Shaka Smart, you know, the best coaching yep. prospect in the history of the world. So, uh, <laughs> But that's a, that's a different story for a different day. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it for today. We'll, we'll be back uh, to recap the Auburn game at some point. Uh, we'll have the SEC bracket uh, coming out this weekend. That'll be awesome uh, to kind of sort through and break down and – you know what? Selection Sunday is just right around the corner. It's in a couple of weeks. It's so coming. It, it's coming. It's an exciting time here. And it, also, you, you know, we've got spring football uh, starting yep. at the end oh, of this yeah. week. Wait, football coming around. Yeah, huh? that's what <laughs> I was texting uh, Noah, one of our writers, and I was like, man, I've kind of dropped the ball on football because basketball has been so crazy. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have all that. Maybe we'll do a football-only episode one of these days. Um but this basketball team, they're really good, and, and it's almost crunch time. So uh, now is as good a time as ever. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify. We're on iTunes. You can always find us on the site. Again, RockyTopTalk.com. So for Evan, this is Terry. Thanks again for listening.